Blog Talk Radio. Transform me to the woman you call me to be, Lord. Father, take over me. Help me be who you call me to be. Oh, transform me, Lord. Mm-hmm. What you created me to be, Lord. I'm tired of doing things Deborah's way. I no longer choose to be that way. Good evening, good evening, one and all. Good evening, once again. Welcome to Rise to Shine, the show that is giving a voice to the voiceless. My name is ATNA Gibbs. I'm the host, and tonight we have a panel of three people from an organization and a very special panelist who we'll talk about later. But first, let's go ahead and tell you about what Rise to Shine is all about. So, basically, Rise to Shine, the talk show you're on right now, came into existence July 8th of 2015. Now, we've just had our second anniversary and sadly, our co-host, Shaquilla Underwood, is not able to be here. She's on medical leave, and she was hoping that she would be out and ready to go by tonight, but it's not possible. So until the doctor releases her, we will continue with the show every Wednesday night. But carrying on with Rise to Shine Radio, we came on here July 8th because my co-host, Shaquilla, was and still is a survivor of domestic violence. And she put the show together, and I'm keeping it alive in her name because she's done a wonderful job of gaining the guests to come on the show. So every Wednesday night at 8 p.m., since we're back from our medical and summer break hiatus, we will continue with the show, Giving Voice to the Voiceless. Now, the show is a platform that addresses issues occurring in the home, the school, or work. We invite you, our listening audience, to call in with any questions, comments, or, or suggested topics. This is an interactive show that caters highly to respecting your confidentiality, so we also invite you to send us your questions, comments, and topics that you'd like us to have addressed for you in general. Now, Shatila is not here tonight. I'll be handling the show primarily by myself. She remains a medical hiatus until her doctor releases her to return to the show. Now, we do have a confidentiality waiver. Any guest who comes on the show is welcome to be on the show, but we have to ask them to respect confidentiality. And panelists, you give a yes, each of you, that we talk about confidentiality and you will respect confidentiality. Melissa? Yes. Buddy? Yes. Sheila? Yes. And Deb? Yes. Okay, very good. Thank you very much. Audience, our number is 657-383-1766. Give us a call if you have any questions, comments, or you have some suggestions for topics. Nevertheless, we will continue with the show, and we'll go right into it. And let's see. I think I covered all the, the – yep, I did. So let's go ahead and meet our panelists. First of all, I'm going to start with 
Melissa because Melissa, you were the spearheaded, got this thing rolling. You and I happened to talk online, and boom, I said, why don't you do it? And here you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself, please, Melissa. Thank you. Um, My name is Melissa Bird, and um, I'm working with an organization named Brave, who does conflict resolution, and uh, we started Brave Lift for the children um, who have been abused. And our our main um, our our main goal is to get therapy to those children. I'm going to school to become a psychologist. I want to do treatment, um, okay. trauma therapy treatment for children. Sure. And and I've got a a four year old that is. Um, a huge blessing in our lives, and I've been married Great. for 23 years. Okay, okay. Well, well let's stop right okay. there because we could go on all night, <laughs> Melissa. But hang on, let's go over to Buddy. Buddy, could you uh, introduce yourself real briefly, please? Yes, uh, I'm a uh, doctoral student at Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, Arizona, Ooh. and uh, Phoenix. I was invited to be a brave uh, contributor. Ooh. And uh, I was introduced to Melissa. And uh, I believe that her initiative is a uh, extremely defensible initiative to uh, make a huge difference in uh, uh, underserved and unserved populations, especially okay. the children who are the victims of uh, of domestic abuse. Oh my goodness! Yes, yes, yes. You're doing. You guys are doing a wonderful job. Fantastic. Okay, let's move on to Sheila. Um. Yes. Um. I'm actually an entrepreneur, but I've okay. I started collaborating with Brave in June of this year um, okay. just because I have actually gone through 32 years of trauma, both childhood trauma um, in terms of incest, um, exposure to violence, uh, you name it. And then uh, because I never received trauma therapy or any yes. support and stuff, it kind of carried on into my adulthood and oh attracted me to mates, um, and in fact, a mate that w- we ended up in a domestic violent um, situation. Oh, sorry to hear and, that. Yeah, but you know what? Like sometimes uh, these like fears and anger and stuff that are created in you due to this trauma, you can actually turn it into your freedom and fuel your vision, mission, and passion in life. And it's actually what I created my whole company on and why I partner with great organizations like Brave uh, that focus on um, fostering healthy relationships and decreasing conflict and hopefully uh, mitigating conflict on a global scale. Very good, Sheila. Very good. We'll come back to that in more detail. Yes, we'll come back to that. And we have a special guest on the line who volunteered to be here because she has a similar background. Adep, would you go ahead and just briefly mention what's going on with you or who you are? Yes. Hi, everyone. I'm number one. I'm the daughter of a king, and I'm very grateful for that. Uh, Number two, uh, my calling is to encourage and inspire um, my passion is women, but it really opens up to everyone through music. Um, and I'm a gospel recording artist, and uh, I just have a testimony that I share 
uh, with a great deal of people uh, who have been uh, abused um, and gone through um, the loss of a child and uh, yeah. different things like that. And I just thank God for the opportunity to be here oh. with you all. I- I'm so very grateful. Thank you so very yeah. much. Well, I have to get. I have to let out a little secret. Yeah, your music captured me, and I turned to you, and boom, we became friends ever since. I told yes. the channel that I adopt people, so that you were my first adoption. <laughs> and I'm <Welcome>. thankful. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, everybody. Welcome. Now we have a, for the audience. We have a serious topic we're going to discuss tonight, but there's nothing wrong with having laughter and humor because yeah. that's the standing mm. stone that helps us to stay healthy. Sheila, I have to turn to you right away and ask you, how did you survive for 32 years of going through that forest you've been going through? I have to almost give you the same answer that Deb uh, gave you. It is through okay. the grace of God that oh, I have oh. survived all of this. Um, that. I just even have memories as a young child that there could have been violence in my home like on a Mm -hmm. Saturday night, and then the next morning I would wake up, I would get myself ready for church, and I would walk over to the church, I would sit in the front pew, and I would just listen to the pastor and uh, the Word of God, and it's just been in my heart and in my spirit, and it's what keeps me going day in and day out. Yes. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. Uh, so you survived. Thank God for that. Because not only are you, are you here with yeah. us, but you're here to contribute something to help others along the way. May I ask you yes, briefly, and, what's the nature of your business? Um, It's actually called Visual Spatial Creative. And through my business, I'm a true relationship artist. And what I do is I foster relationships in both um, businesses, uh, within schools, as well as individuals. And what I look at in the relationships are three key components. Um, Decreasing conflict, which I do Mm -hmm. through Brave. Mm -hmm. Increasing positivity, so like what you said, the humor and the smile and the gratitude and all of that stuff. And then the last thing I do is increase wellness, and this is wellness of body, mind, and spirit. And I believe when you're connected within yourself and you have positivity as well as know how to handle conflict when it comes your way, because it will come your way, (laughs) you know, we are not absent of that. Um, then you can then connect with yourself as well as connect with others and have healthy, productive relationships that won't only, like, strengthen your own personal life, but will actually strengthen your businesses, um, Uh your relationships with, like, employees and employers, as well as just your overall communities you live in. So that's kind of mm. what I do for work, and I, I write oh. as well as work with clients directly. Sheila, you mm. really impressed me. You must have, after 32 years of going through all this, you must have about five PhDs in, 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 in life. <laughs> in life, yes. <laughs> in life, for sure. And sometimes they're the most valuable PhDs. Yes, exactly. Who can that yes. teach what you've been through? Of course not. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back to Melissa. Melissa, uh, tell us about what is uh, Brave Lift doing for children's rights? Um, Brave Lift was created 
um, it came to me because uh, this is hard, Etienne. Um, okay, I take your time. About this. I don't talk about this a lot. Um, okay. Well, keep it confidential. You don't have to if you don't want to. Let's do your best. When, uh, when I was a child, I went through, I was, uh, I was abused as a child. And okay. um, it's, taken me over 20 years to come to terms with what wow. has happened. And yes. so this last year I went through a trauma recovery program okay. and started to heal myself. And okay. um, it came to me huh. that I wasted so many years that I didn't want children to have to go through this next generation to have to go through what I've gone through. Yes, so yes, yes. what I really, it just has become my passion to make sure that this next generation finds healing before yeah. they become adults. I think that we can reverse the effects of trauma. And uh, I'm going to do everything I can to um, get that out there as a resource for children ages 2 to 18 Wow, interesting. So, okay. Anything else? So right now we're we're building Brave Lift. Um, okay. It's a very it's in its infancy, and we're going through family courts and the foster care systems to provide trauma therapy right away for these children right when okay. they're yeah. in court. And right yeah. when they are taken from the home, um, oh. when they take a child from the home, when there's a suspicion of child abuse, they yes. place them in foster care for 72 yeah. hours. Uh, that's oh. a very crucial time. And the children are extremely traumatized. I mean, even being taken yes. out of their home is a traumatic yes. event. Yes. Yes. And so we'd, we'd like to see trauma therapists that are trained just in childhood trauma therapy Fantastic, start yes. providing therapy for these children. Right. Uh, Melissa, yes. I want you to know right now, before we go any further, I want you to know that this show is open to you and Brave Lift. Anything we can do to yes. be of help, any announcements you need, any events you're going to have, if we can be of help, let us know. The doors are open. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I okay. appreciate that profoundly. Sure. sure. It goes to the whole panel. Buddy, it goes to you too. It goes to you too, Sheila. And, of course, Deborah knows. She, uh, she's my sister. I adopted her, so she knows. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. And the final question I have for you, uh, Melissa. Melissa, you all right? Yeah, I'm I'm okay. Thank you. I I commend you for coming out and discussing this openly. So my last question for you and then we'll have more as we go by, but how else is Brave Lift trying to help abuse children? We're reaching out to other advocates of um of of advocates of children, like David mm-hmm. Peltzer. He's the author of a child called It. He was Ooh. severely abused by his mother, and she would call him it. She oh, no. wouldn't mm. call him by his name. She was yes. terrible to him. But he took and he wrote a trilogy 
And the first mm-hmm. one was a child called It, and then he wrote a book called The Lost Boy, and it was about his experience in foster care. Sure. And then his last one, he wrote A Man Named David, and he Ooh. found his name. And so he spent his life advocating for the abused child. Wow. And we're building, we're building a national network of trained trauma psychologists sure. starting in Utah so that um, when, we're, when we have the funding, we can hit the ground running. Fantastic. Now, before we go any further, I'm sure we'll have listeners, and myself included, who would like to become involved or be trained. Yes. What, what steps would we need to take? Um, you can go to brave.org. It's B-R-A-V as in victor.org. And mm-hmm. um, there's information on the blog about Brave List. Um, okay. Currently, we don't have um, a whole lot of information because we're trying to get um, onto, you know, website, Facebook. We're also on Facebook. Um and if you type in Brave List, you should be able to find us that way. Okay, okay. I noticed, too, that you spelled and Brave with an accent over the A. Is there a particular reason for that? Well, that just makes it a, um, a long A instead of putting an <laughs> E at the end. You know what I thought? <laughs> I thought it was a, a Danish word or Norwegian word or- or a British word, or, or, or a German word, but it's a simple American average or universal English word without the E. Okay, I got you. Awesome. There's a symbol awesome. there. There's a symbolism there's there. Also, there's also the an acronym. It's also an acronym, and it stands ah. for something, and I just don't have it right in front of me right okay. now. Um, but, well, well, uh, well, get it back, because before the show's over, I'm going to ask you for that acronym. I'm the acronym expert. Yes, and I will try to get that for you right now. Please do. Please do. Okay. All right. Okay. Now, <clears throat> we're going to go on to Buddy. But before we talk to Buddy, uh, Deb, is there anything you would like to add? No, I'm just paying attention and I'm learning and I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for you all because you're so needed in this world. Yes. Time like yes. this, there's so many young people going through, and because they feel so unloved, you know, they 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 act out because they don't know what yes. else to do. And yes. I, I'm so grateful for you all. I thank God for you. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Well, thank we're thankful you. that you can be here too, Deb. Yes. Yes. Well, Melissa, you started something. I want you to know that uh, the the four of us, three of you, four, five of mm-hmm. us have now become solidified as one unit. We will help each yes. other. Yes. The whole thing. Yes. yes. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Buddy, the real, with the real name, Buddy. That's not a nickname. That's Buddy. I learned that tonight. Buddy, Buddy. Would you be my buddy and tell us about yourself, please? I have to mess with you. Buddy's a Navy, Navy vet, and I'm an Air Force vet, so I have to mess with him. Go ahead, Buddy. <laughs> I, I believe that uh, the most important aspect here is that uh, when Melissa uh, opened her heart to me about uh, child mm-hmm. abuse and, and the domestic violence, and I was able to hear Sheila's story, it connected to me in a very strong way. I've been a mediator mm-hmm. since 2011. Uh, oh. I've worked with family mediation. 
And uh, I connected with Brave because Brave is committed to reducing conflict, and sure. primarily they're an online program, but they they have a, a they have a a mandate. They want to seek supporters for initiatives such as Melissa's on yeah. a global scale, and uh, they're pursuing uh, rigorous certification standards for mediators that would include the ability to uh, deal with the mental health aspect and the. Yeah. Uh, uh, child abuse aspect of uh, uh, dealing with uh, victims and and people who are in conflict. And uh, my goal uh, as a cross-cultural competency expert is to connect the dots on a global scale because we're, we're highly globalized. The uh, people uh, migrate all over the world, and when we yes. face a mediation and we have people who are from a different part of the world, we may not understand their worldview. So their culture, the most their language, yeah. thing that exactly the most important thing that we can do is is dip into their worldview and understand how they view yes. uh, how conflict evolved in their circumstances and have empathy for them and work positively with them and that is something that Brave supports one hundred percent. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I may may add something right there that just came to mind, I did that um, child abuse and neglect prevention while I was in the Air Force. So I know that the Air Force social workers have an annual conference. Uh, I would like to suggest that maybe you can connect with them because Brave, not, not yeah. just you, buddy. I mean, when I say you, I mean the whole panel. That you, Brave, Lift can be a resource for that organization. Not only the Air Force, but they bring all social workers from different branches of the military. So by all means, yeah. put it in there. Check it out. And let me know okay. if I could do that would be to a, help. That would be a wonderful outlet, Etienne. Um, yes. On that note, uh, I am going to uh, back to uh, the roots. Uh, I am a Vietnam okay. era vet, and uh, yes. I've, I've been Same invited here. to go to Vietnam with one of my uh, with oh. my other brave ambassadors in November uh-huh. to uh, speak okay. about uh, global peace and the mediation oh. process. That it's going to focus on the Asia Pacific uh, okay. context, but it is extremely important that we uh, understand that uh, our our expertise is needed globally. Yes, it yeah. is definitely. Yeah, this is awesome. a small world now. Yes. Now, buddy, why is Brave as a? I, I don't quite know how to pose this, but Brave is different or as opposed to other. ODR mediation platforms. I I don't really understand what that means. Could you break it down for me, please? Well, Brave is uh, is is willing to step out on the edge and uh, oh. take the uh, uh, be the spearhead for for creating a global mandate for making sure mm-hmm. that certification includes mental health, that certification okay. includes uh, restorative justice and aspects of of learning how people exist. Uh, uh-huh. Mediators uh, traditionally have been process-oriented, and yes. they need to become more more, more uh, humanistic, and they humanistic. need to be more involved so that they understand at the end of the day uh, yes. why they are there and why they are helping to reduce conflict. And uh, yes. Brave is extremely good at that, and they are evolving toward offering themselves up as the world leader in uh, competency wow. training for mediators who can handle global uh, conflict and and evolve to where they adapt to local needs as well as larger needs. Fantastic, fantastic. I can thank you, praise you, commend you enough, panelists, what you're doing. Brave lift. 
Wow. I exactly. Remember that one. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Final question. Okay. I have two other quick questions for you before we move on to uh, Sheila. Uh, buddy, based on your specialty area, how does cross-cultural competency influence the mediation process? Well, uh, global economies have, have forced us to uh, adapt to global environments. Uh, people okay. are migrating all over the world. Yes. Uh, competent conflict management professionals have to function across those boundaries. They have to be able to deal with stakeholders from that broad array of diverse backgrounds. Yes. So what we're finding uh, as we move through this process is that cross-cultural competency is going to become a major differentiator between just run-of-the-mill mediators and the great mm-hmm. mediation peacemakers, the people who can actually influence populations and make a difference. Wow. That's a tall, that's a tall order. I can't even look uh-huh. up at it. It's so tall. Oh, wow. I commend you guys. I commend you. Well, buddy, final question for you until uh, I move on to others, to Sheila particularly. Is it possible to fit restorative justice into a mediation environment? Yes. Um, mediation comes from many forms, as as uh, most mediators would tell you. They support either transformative, facilitative, evaluative. But uh, mediators guide stakeholders uh, to a mental state where competition becomes irrelevant and collaboration uh, ensures mm-hmm. that interests become the only focal point. Okay. Restorative justice, similar to mediation, is a two-way process where a perpetrator has to show contrition. They have to actually feel sorry for what they did. And the okay. victim must show a willingness to take a journey with their perpetrator and engage okay. meaningfully so that they begin a strong healing process. Sometimes it can happen, sometimes it does not. But yes. the most important thing about restorative justice is that we give it an opportunity to happen. And that's, and that's why it's important, and that's how it fits in the mediation environment. Okay. Now I'm going to go back up with a question I want to ask you. We've been mentioning the word mediation, but I'm not certain if everybody in the audience knows what that really means. So could you just break it down for us, please? Mediation. Mediation is a uh, process where a third-party neutral acts between two or more stakeholders who are in uh, having a dispute or have risen to the level of active conflict. Uh, the mediator uh, ensures confidentiality but works yes. to make a process where we come up with some type of an understanding between the parties that becomes durable and can move the parties forward into much more peaceful, less conflicted areas. Okay, great. Great, thank you. Now, Deb, I'm going to ask you a question, but before I do, I want to mention a phone number again for our audience. Uh, Our phone number audience is 657-383-1766. It's a very intense program tonight. Please call in if you have a question, a comment, or a topic you would like to have in future shows. If you're not able to call in, no problem. Don't worry about it. If you're not able to listen tonight, don't worry about it because the show is recorded. It's available, and I'm sure Brave Lift will be more than happy to put it on their website, too, so that they can have it have it available for their listeners, their viewers. And the number is 657-383-1766. Okay, Deb, what are your reactions yeah. so far? Your reaction, Deb? I, I, I do want to say this because I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful for I know I keep saying it. I, I really mean it from my heart because – 
everything, everybody has such a calling on their minds. And when we step out and start, you know, um, you know, putting our time in to, to, to help others, it just makes such a difference, even if it doesn't mean anything to people. Because you think about it, the people that really should be receiving awards are people like you all, because of what you're doing. You know, wow. and you don't you don't see award oh. shows or or even certificates, you know, given. I mean, the the fact. I mean, we know we're going to be rewarded in heaven for what we do, and yes. you know, I know it's not a big deal mm-hmm. to be trying to get awards, but. My goodness, uh, these, these shows that we see on television—they they, have—they—they—they they, they, they can't come. I mean, close, not even near what you're calling—the calling that's on your lives and how wow. important it is just to be a blessing to so many people. Yes. I, I mean, if I had a hat on right now, I would take it off. You do have <laughs> a hat. I mean it. You. <laughs> yeah, but I put the hat on you. You could take it off. <laughs> I, I'm so you guys. You, I, I, I say guys, but you you all are just yes. yes. I, I, I bless you. I bless you. I thank all God right. for what you do. Every thank bit you. of it. I mean, from the, the military. I mean, yes. I honor you. Thank you so much. We, we need you oh. all. This yes. world needs yes. people like you. We all can see how things are really happening in this world, and how oh, yeah. you look at it now, and you'd be like, "Wow, what." How did it flip like mm-hmm. this, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my. You, you don't hear people talk about doing good anymore. Everything has turned dark. I mean, yeah, it's like it's it's, it's a good thing to do to hurt people. And, and just wow. to hear from people like you all. And, and, and I'm saying I, I, I deal with a lot of different people. So we're, we're talking, you know, our enemy doesn't care mm-hmm. about, you know, race. Our enemy, the real invisible enemy, does not care about, you know, the more pain, the more hate toward everybody, the more, um, you know, we, we become selfish and stop thinking about putting a hand out to help lift somebody else up. That, yeah. that's, how we, that's how the world seems now, you know? And yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just want to say thank you all so much. Can I respond to Deborah Etienne? Go right ahead. Go right ahead, Sheila. Sheila, that's you, right? This is Melissa. Oh, Melissa. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Deborah. You know, you really touched me, and I just wanted to say that, you know, what you mentioned about the enemy, he doesn't care about our age, which really frightens me. And, you know, right now, Every single day, at least 15 children die because of some form of child abuse and neglect. Wow. Yes. And human trafficking. Yes. The numbers can be higher because not all are reported. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So, Deb, what you're doing, um, and your voice is beautiful, by the way, is lifting so people much. up with your spirit. I mean, you've lifted yes. me up in the couple of minutes that we've been on this show. So thank you. Oh, my. Thank you so yes. much. I have come across. I lived in a shelter for battered women. 
And I have come across so many people uh, who have been abused, and, and it started from childhood, and they grow up without getting the help they yeah. need, and they turn yes. around and do the same thing. So it's a cycle. Yes. You know, yes. they don't. Some, you know, they may not want to do it, but it's just something in. You know, I don't know. That's how all they know. It's, 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 yes. it's all you know. It's your normal. Yes. 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 All right, Sheila. We'll come to you now with a question. Why must one rediscover themselves after facing childhood trauma, domestic violence, or other forms of trauma? I want to just kind of start with, um, it was Deb's song at the beginning of the radio show, and Uh she said the word transform in her song. And that just really struck a chord with me. Mm-hmm. And just the conversation that we have all been having right now is mm-hmm. that when you face childhood trauma and you don't get the necessary therapy or support, you then enter adulthood and you are attracting, not necessarily that you will um, continue the generational cycle of abuse by maybe abusing your children or your spouse, but you could Mm -hmm. be attracted to a spouse or partner that abuses Mm. you. Um, Mm. So in my situation, I was the latter. So I... My normal was um, hearing violence, um, you know, like hearing the yelling, seeing the hitting, Mm. anything like that. When I actually met um, men that were kind to me, I pushed them away because I felt Uh so uncomfortable. And I didn't know even how to accept that love from them. And it's this transformation that you then have to go through and this Mm. rediscovery process because you actually forget who you are. You actually forget who you should become in this life. And I, like, because, like, I, I honestly, I was born into a whole generational cycle of abuse. It had started in my grandparents' generation and then on to my parents on both sides of the family, my mom and dad's families, and then into Mm -hmm. the family I was born into. So I actually do not know life without trauma. This has always been my normal. So I didn't even know who I was at age 32. So it was on... um, Friday, July 13th, 2007. So Uh this year marks my 10th anniversary that I actually woke up from a brutal, brutal beating where my partner Uh actually left me for dead. And that morning, three things happened. I actually, first of all, when my eyes opened, I put my hand to my mouth, and I felt my breath, and I knew I had life. And then I touched my heart, and I felt my heartbeat, and I knew I had life. And one more time, I touched my hand against my mouth to feel my Mm. breath. And in that moment, I felt like I was born again. I felt that I had a new life and that I would discover my purpose. 
So mm. when you go through this trauma, you have no sense of self, no sense of worth, right. no sense of value. Right. You actually have no starting point. You, you have start no exactly. path to become right. all you were meant to be. And so yes. you need to find yourself. You need to find your community. You need to find your voice and rediscover, wow. or in my case, discovering for the first time who I was, you know, yes. and and what, through that whole discovery, I had a renewed self and worth and value, and I was able to walk through the pain, the anger, the fear that all comes from trauma, and yes. when I started walking that path, and just, um, you know, like people were then coming into my life, too, because I was more open to love and accepting that love. And I have an amazing husband and, and son that have supported my journey and extended mm. family. And I just felt like released from labels of victim and survivor and other labels, society and even myself that I have worn and that I've allowed to define me. And then I said, mm-hmm. you know what? I want to be defined by other things. I want to be right. defined by my strength in being kind and nice and loving to people. I want to be defined mm-hmm. by my joy. I want to be defined by my smile. I want yes. to be able to use my voice for good and communicate for the greater good. And so that's why I say, hey, rediscover yourself and mediation can help that process if you have the opportunity to come face to face with your perpetrator and also even just have that neutral party help you walk through that trauma and you know Mm -hmm. children having like therapists and stuff like that like it is just awesome I did it pretty much alone I couldn't even imagine having additional mediators and therapists and stuff like that so like go for it melissa go for it brave lift buddy keep on doing your mediation yes 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 thanks i have another another question off off the script i worked with a gentleman who was i'm going to say for want a better term because i didn't have a chance to work with him in full depth before the center closed but when I was working in mental health in Iowa, there was this gentleman who was a certified child abuser, chronic abuser. At least those were the terms given to him in court. He came out of jail. He came straight to mental health. He started seeking treatment. He started looking for work. And the poor guy couldn't find any way to settle down. Now, do you think he would be a good candidate for mediation? Because he got absolutely no treatment while he was treatment. He got cared for in, in prison, but didn't get any treatment. I think he was a victim of abuse himself when he was growing up, and he didn't know what else to do. Sure. So yeah, and I, can, you know, I can answer that I question. Think, I think he would be an excellent mediator and uh, like excellent yes. candidate. And Buddy, you wanted to respond to that? Go ahead. Uh, uh, the, the, the process has to start from within. The peace process is an internalized process first. For mediation to make a difference in this gentleman's life, he would have had to uh, have some therapy and come to grips with uh, the fact that he's not living within a norm. It may be the only thing he knows. He would have to understand where uh, it, the foundation is, where it originated from. And he would have to be willing to confront that in his life. If he yes. was abused as a child, 
And then he would have to understand through the support of a mediator, a neutral, and a counselor that he doesn't have to choose to follow that path. He can choose to follow a more peaceful path. And by choosing to follow a more peaceful path, you start to seek out a support group, a support vehicle, a support system, and and you break the cycle. That's how the multi-generational cycle gets broken. So the mediator is important, but the mediator is always the second step. The first step is self-realization through a counselor. Yes. Yes. Well, that's what he he was doing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, um, you know, what what you're saying is, is so awesome. I um I know some people who are dealing with certain things and because of what happened when they were kids and they were put on um you know they they were see, they were seeing psychologists psychologist and they were put on um heavy medication which mm-hmm. really um turned them yeah, um it really messed them up even worse yes. so yes. Uh, do do you think that 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 medication is is, is an answer or it's just how do you see that uh, counseling? I, I understand, you know, forgiving is very important, but the way they're doing it now is like medicate, medicate, medicate. Uh, what do you think about that? This is Melissa. Please. Can I answer that to Deborah? Please, Deborah. You know, I spent about twenty years in the um, in therapy and. The first thing they do is give you medication, and I see the medication as a patch to cover whatever symptoms are plaguing this person. Um, it's it's not a remedy, and the the thing is is that with the world of psychology, we don't know what's going to help what person, and I found that actually the program that I went through, a trauma recovery program where they teach you to stabilize. They teach you to stabilize yourself so that you can deal with reliving, because you relive everything that you went through when you go through therapy. And that's one of the reasons why they give you the medication is to numb you. Um, I've been on medication for possibly the last 30 years and my goal has been to get off of it I'm off of half of it and by the end of the year I want to be off of all of it and the reason I'm not off of all of it is because it creates really bad side effects and so everything has to be tapered down Um, when somebody's violent I think that um to take medication is probably a good thing. That way it it calms them down enough to become lucid. But um, for a long-term solution, it's not a good one. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much. Melissa, I'm glad you mentioned the part about side effects because it's a well-known fact medical fact that every medication doesn't matter what it is, aspirin, as simple as aspirin or something more intense like psychotropic drugs, every medication yes. has side effects. Now, some mm-hmm. side effects are worse than others. Uh, we've seen the obvious mm-hmm. ones. Some side effects makes people get really fat, obese. Others mm-hmm. lock them down and they become a vegetable, literally. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, medication is about the only thing that psychiatrists 
can do momentarily, I, I, I'm hoping, at least at the initial stage, until a person can calm down and then have intensive therapy with mediation. As Buddy has said it very well, it has to come from within the individual himself. But you can't do that if any other distractions are taking place as side effects. You know, Ed Can, this is Melissa again. I yes. experienced every one of those side effects, including hearing voices and seeing wow. visions and seeing people mm-hmm. and having people talk to me. And uh-huh. um, it's scary. It's really scary yes, what, what that medication can do to you. I gained 150 yeah. pounds in one year. What I mean. And it yes. took me it took me about five years to lose all of that weight. And I know it wow. sounds like it's a vanity thing, but yes. it's not. It's a health issue. Yes, it right. is. Mm-hmm. It is, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well we're running low on time. Oh. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead, Deb. Go ahead. I, I, well, I just want to give a little bit of, of my testimony where I know it was so very fast, but uh, I got married when I was nineteen. And I was in that situation as well where uh, I have a daughter. Uh, I was pregnant with twins. I, my husband, my ex-husband and I had five, uh, have a five-year-old, to, uh, our first child, uh, two years after our marriage. And uh, things just was just going downhill. And, um, and I, at that time, I couldn't understand it because I was so young. And uh, so I was willing to stay and try to, you know, I wanted to, not be a single parent. I wanted to keep my family. Uh, five years into our marriage, seven years, I'm sorry, but no, five years into our marriage, we get pregnant with, with, with twin daughters, uh, which he wanted, you know, begged for uh, for years. And, well, God blessed us with two girls. And um, I don't really know what happened, but one evening, and it wasn't that I, I was getting beat up. Like I, I know some some ladies who was getting beat up almost every day or every week. But what I learned living in the shelter was, if a person hit you one time, your spouse hit you one time, that's one time too many. So, uh, but to make it a long story short, three weeks after um, um, burying our daughter, I had my girls three three months early. Uh, they weighed a pound and 13 ounces at birth, and Angel wow. weighed a pound and 14 ounces at birth. So I had hand babies, uh, and uh, and I understand now that my, my, my children's dad, because of what he went through as a child himself, I understand now why he acted the way he did, and he couldn't treat mm-hmm. me the way he, I really believe he really wanted to, but he just couldn't. Uh, because yes. he kept trying to explain it, I, I, you know, he didn't mean what he did, but you know, hey, you know, people die because of the way you, you, you yeah. treat them. Um, and three weeks after burying my daughter, um, our daughter, one of our daughters, uh, I, my doctor uh, put me on uh, depression pills. Well, I'm, I'm a country girl. I'm from Sylacauga, and. I, I, my mom, we, we didn't take medication, you know, much. We, we, we were herbs and all, and vitamins and, 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 and things like that. So um, the little pills that he had me on, I could not take. Because um, uh, three weeks after burying my daughter, I moved into a shelter for battered women closer to Birmingham to be with my daughter who was in the hospital. And they said, not going to make it, not going to make it. And, wow. uh, and at that time, going through a divorce, so mentally, in my 20s, 
I'm like almost losing my mind. And when yes. I say I had to like, Lord, help me because I'm I'm about to lose it. I am I don't know how to do this. Everybody give you advice. The church will give you advice because uh, you know people want to try to help you. They just don't really know how. Um, yes. And but I thank God that through it all, I couldn't take the medication because I I couldn't stay high, catch a bus, go to the hospital, check on my daughter get back in time to pick my son up from daycare because I was in a shelter for bed. I thank God for the shelter. I thank yes. God for having a roof over me and my children's head. Yes. And the thing about it, what I really wanted to say was, through it all, I was I stayed single, a single parent for 15 years because I walked around in so much fear, you know, thinking that the next person would be good to me to get me and then, you know, then, then beat me up. And yeah. I, I walked around in fear, thinking that my children's dad was going to kill me. So I had so much fear, so much anger in my heart toward him as well, because I was a single woman having to raise our children. And God had to show me, Deborah, you got a choice. You could be bitter, or you can be better. And and bitter I thank God better. He did not let the enemy take me out because. I was bitter for so long until he gave me an understanding that the reason he acted the way he was acting was because of what he went through. The Lord brought back to my remembrance what he was sharing with me, telling me about his past, and then I had a better understanding. Now, that doesn't give us a right to stay in an abusive relationship because I also know some women who did not get out. You know, yeah, yeah. They, they they tried to fix that man, or they and then we got to think about it. We got women who beat up men too. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you stay there and you try to try to fix somebody. No, let let the doctor fix them. Let let Doctor Jesus do it. If they don't want him, then if they want to go to a hospital, that's another <laughs> thing. <laughs> but uh, you you don't say. I tell women, you know, don't don't stay men and women. Don't stay where you've been beaten. If mom and yes. dad didn't give you enough spankings, I'm sorry. It's just over now. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So I I my I, the choice is be bitter or better, and you be- choose better because bitterness dries up our bones, and we wow. do deserve better. Excellent point, wow. Deb. Excellent point. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Oh, Sheila, let's I love you guys. I really do. <laughs> I know you, you would like it here, uh, Deb, because there's a lot of similarities here, but a lot of emotions pushing forward to make a better life for the new generation. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Well, Sheila, where should I go? I have two questions I want to throw all at you at once, but that wouldn't be fair to you. But let me ask you this. You mentioned that you need that you, meaning the, the victim, needs to find himself or herself, find a community, and then find his or her voice. Why is it so important that a person needs to discover themselves or their community or their voice after a trauma? And I would say this doesn't even just relate to the victim in the situation, but also the perpetrator, as Buddy has uh, mentioned as well, that I think it's both parties that need to go through this self-realization before even entering the mediation process. And if you don't rediscover yourself, you will either be living someone else's life purpose or a life without purpose. And wow. this is all about what Deb has said, like that 
it is just what will make your life better instead of being bitter, anger, fear, yes. all of those negative qualities. And yeah. if you don't find your community, you will not regain the trust in humanity, the love for humanity that was stolen from you. And wow. this goes for both the perpetrator and the victim because I would, you know, like I would bet my life on it that most perpetrators were victims at one point. Yes. I bet the yeah. stats are yes. way higher than we can think. Yes. I, As I, I reflect on all of the perpetrators so in my life, I know each and every one of them were victims because I yes. know their backstory. And yes. that actually even allows me by having this self-realization in myself and this calmness, I'm allowed, I'm able to then look at the whole situation and look at even the perpetrator's standpoint and mm-hmm. say, you know what, I can honestly forgive them because right. I know where it came from. Mm-hmm. And yes. that is a hard thing to do, and it takes people sometimes many, many years. But I am so thankful I am at that spot. And, yes. like, now I, I do have a trust in humanity again. I have a love for humanity again. And I'm actually able to do my life purpose because of knowing my community again. And the last thing is, like, your voice. Um, I... I think, like, when you become the victim, and I would say this is more the victim than the perpetrator, you become silent. And you become silent both in, like, your verbal voice as well as just even in the emotions within your body. And Melissa and I have chatted about this, um, just that you don't feel like you're allowed to express anything. It's like oh. you you just have this like almost like blank look on your face, right? Yeah. And that you're yeah. almost like yeah. a robot because you can't yeah. express happiness and you yeah. actually sometimes don't even feel very happy. But even um, your perpetrators don't even allow you to express like sadness, anger, like any of those other feelings. And we're human beings and there's a whole spectrum of feelings that we're going to feel and it's okay some days to be angry and sad and feel lonely and um, you know have other days of intense joy and happiness and all of that Um, so just rediscovering your voice is not only just your like the voice that comes out of you but even just your like whole emotions your your mindset your spirit um, just even how your body talks to other people. And right. then that way, it's like once you do rediscover your community, your voice, and yourself, that's where that whole connection part comes in. And so you're now connected in your mind, body, and spirit. And then you can connect with others. And so it's like so important to find those three components um, after you found a, like went through trauma, but even just people in general need to discover those things. You know, I, I, I want to jump in there for a minute, Sheila. I was in mm-hmm. involved with a head store training all week long, and I did a presentation on Wednesday about how we could maximize our potential. Not many people, in fact, I would say 99.9% of the population don't <laughs> even know what their potential is much less mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to step forward yeah. on a good side. So I came yeah. up with the I came up with the solution 
instead of spending time on trying to raise children, which is good, is needed in Head Start, that's fine. I'm not saying we shouldn't have yeah. it. But I think we need yeah. to start a new program called Restart, spending time on mm-hmm. parenting skills and right. why yes. you are the type of parent you are. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. definitely. Tell you what I'd like to do. I'm going to put myself on the line right now. But, Buddy, Sheila, Melissa, if you need some help with parenting skills, let me know. I'll be more than happy to jump in there and do what I can. You know, again, I think as I'm listening, this is Melissa, as I'm listening to everybody talk, I think that we're going to expand the scope of Brave Live to include therapy therapy for battered women and also this restart creating a parenting program. Okay, good. Uh, we're gonna good. Oh, awesome. Woo! Good, Melissa. Yay. Yay. I'm so glad we connected. Yay. Hey. Yay. <laughs> Melissa, I did say I was going to say this. Now I'm going to say it right here on the spot. I have adopted you, Melissa. You can't get away from me now. I have adopted you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Sheila, awesome. buddy, awesome. I'm going to get that to you guys. I'm going to adopt you guys, too. Oh, awesome. Awesome. I'll awesome. accept that adoption. Very good. Very <laughs> I will too. Okay, Absolutely. Listen, so I wish awesome. we could continue, but we're down to our last three minutes. What I'd like to do real quickly then, before we go off of here, is have each of you give a 30 second food for thought or closing thought, whatever you would like to pass on in 30 seconds, please. So, Deb, go ahead. Start it as I, I guess. I just want to say, be blessed. Remember, God created you. Regardless of what you've gone through, just know that when he created you, he said, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. He said, whoa, this is good. And just remember, you're his masterpiece. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Melissa. I just want to say that we're here to create a better world for our children and create generations where people don't remember what childhood abuse is. Right. Okay. Okay. Let's go over to Buddy. Buddy? Yes. uh, I just want everyone to remember that the peace process has to be an internalized process. Uh, You can never help to ever heal anyone else if you have pain inside. You have to release that pain. So yes. that you can understand how to help others release their pain. Okay. Oh, that's and Sheila, real quickly, Sheila. I wanted to give you guys uh, the acronym BRAVE and what it stands for. So it stands for be calm, reassess the issue, anticipate the situation, visualize the situation. Oh, Awesome, eh? And just on behalf of the whole team, I just want to thank Etienne as well as Deb um, for being a part of the show tonight. And I want everyone to join Brave, support our lobbying and outreach efforts in initiatives like Melissa's Brave Lift uh, that she's now even expanding and adding mental health and ethics competencies to global consistent dispute resolution standards. And if you can contribute to our efforts in any way, contact our team at brave.org and also consider financially supporting um, what Buddy has mentioned uh, with the conflict management innovation going to Vietnam on November 11th as our next global outreach project. So check us out at brave.org. Thank you very much. You adopted too. You've been adopted. Okay. (laughs) 
Folks, I got to run. Excellent. I got to run. We're out of time. I want to close out with Masterpiece from Dead. A masterpiece is priceless, valuable, a work of art, lovable, a jewel, irreplaceable. Hey, lady, hey, that's me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Irreplaceable, so sensational, found me favorable, unmistakable. Look at me.